Welcome to Accelerating Your Dental Practice, a podcast with free expert advice to accelerate your practice's efficiency, growth, and profit. Here's your hosts, dental management consultants and friends, Malika and Michelle. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate Your Dental Practice. Malika and I are very excited for today's guest. But before I introduce him, I want to thank all of our current listeners and welcome anybody that is new. We have a great discussion today, so I'm not going to waste uh, time just chit-chatting here. We're going to get right into it. So a dear friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, and probably somebody that doesn't really need an introduction, but today we have joining us from Ignite DA, we have Kevin Henry. So welcome, Kevin. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. It's good to see you, Michelle and Malika. Good to see you both. Yes, we're excited to have you. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you. Yes. So today we're going to talk a lot about how dental assistants can help us in the practice to accelerate growth and how we can can maximize them. So before we get started, Kevin, just give us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. As uh, Michelle said, my name is Kevin Henry. I've I've been in the dental industry since 1999, always on the dental journalism side of things. Uh, I've spent uh, 20 plus years as the managing editor for Dental Economics, the editorial director for Dental Products Report, and the editor-in-chief for Dr. By Cuspid. And now I, I go around the world talking to dental assistants as well as to Seattle study clubs about the hiring crisis that's going on right now and how to keep those dental assistants in the practice. Excellent. So I think we should just jump right in. <laughs> let's let's talk about like a little bit of the hiring crisis and and what what are you seeing in offices? Yeah, it's it's something that's, you know, I I just finished up a uh, a study club in northern Missouri this past weekend. And, you know, I talked to a couple of doctors who were there and, and you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in a big city or rural area, it, it doesn't matter. You're trying to find new team members to bring on. And it really accelerated with the pandemic. Uh, it was starting to creep into things before COVID entered our dictionaries, but it really ramped up during that. I remember we did a Facebook Live at Ignite DA the Sunday before we knew everything was going to shut down in dentistry. You know, we all kind of remember that and we knew what was coming. And and we did a, a DA, you know, open chat. Tell us what you're thinking and the two biggest things that I heard during that were that there was such a lack of communication during that time. And 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 please, if you're a doctor listening to this, I don't blame you for that. Again, my experience with dental economics and everything else, I know the dentist side of things. I know the other team member side of things. But there were a lot of dental assistants and dental team members out there who simply didn't know what the next day was going to hold or if they still had a job in two weeks. You know, there was there was a lot of uncertainty. And because of that, we had a lot of dental assistants reach out to us. And I remember one very distinctly said, I'm hitting the reset button on my career. And it wasn't just about her saying, I don't know if I still want to work at this practice anymore. It was literally, I don't know if I want to be a dental assistant anymore. And she today is a, a barista at a Starbucks in Austin, Texas. So it, you know, we lost a lot of good team members, not just assistants, but good team members because there was a lot of uncertainty. And because I think people kind of suddenly understood that some of the dynamics in the practice weren't as strong as they needed to be. And, and it just was a, a convenient time to say, you know, I'm, I'm tapping out. Yeah. I've, I've seen it 
I think Malika, same yeah, thing with our clients. It's, yeah, it's bad. And I think, and Kevin, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, do you feel like a lot of this reset button, you said it really well, was because those offices that had those kind of DAs kind of decided not to go back because there was no structure there to begin with. And they felt that it wasn't, because I'm hearing this a lot. Well, my office that I was at was not safe or was, they didn't have protocols in place. So that's why I just decided to just leave dentistry. Do you feel like that had a lot to do with it? I think safety was a part of it. You know, I, I think that we as an industry, there's there's times that every practice cuts corners on something, you know, the schedule's right. falling apart or whatever. So I, I get that that happens. But I think it was a matter of, you know, do I feel safe there? Do I feel like I'm respected there? You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's a big thing as well, because some of the things that I would hear before the pandemic were, you know, dental assistants are spit suckers. They're a dime a dozen. They grow on trees. You know, if, if this one doesn't work, I can replace him or her quite easily. And all of a sudden that switched completely. And now we see dental practices that maybe aren't trying to hire the right person, but they're hiring anybody that's got a heartbeat to come in. And it really further shifts that dynamic away from what I think the dentist really wants it to be in the practice. Yeah, very true. And I, I think like I had a dentist tell me, I had a dental assistant for years. He was like, I just feel like my dentistry sucks because my good dental assistant is no longer with me. I've lost confidence in doing dentistry because my amazing dental assistant, and I, no matter who I bring in, it's just not the same anymore. And it's like, wow, you just realized that how valuable <laughs> she was to you. And he said that, he said at that moment, I said, I could bring anybody can, and he, could, he or she can assist me. I've gone through four so far mm-hmm. and I'm just miserable. I do the work, but... I just feel like she reassured me. She really motivated me to do great dentistry. Yeah, I think if you're listening to this and you have that positive relationship in your practice, you have that dance that we know so well that it's it's very seamless between the dentist and the assistant. I think you do everything you can to keep that. And the unfortunate thing for a lot of dental practices is that dental assistants know that as well. So the power has kind of shifted a little bit from it was very much with the dentist before the pandemic. And I think team members have a lot of power now because they can threaten to leave. They can, you know, ask for a raise. They they know that the back is against the wall. And, and I'm not saying that that's right. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying that it's certainly something that is in the mind of a lot of team members right now. And it puts a lot of pressure on the dentist and 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 his or her bottom line of the business as well. I've noticed some frustration from some doctors and and it's funny how it like comes in cycles. Like I I won't hear about this. And then all of a sudden everybody's talking about it is maybe just like, not just dental assistants, but the dental assistant, I think affects it a little bit more is that the drive isn't there. Like they don't want to show up on time or like other things become a priority. So getting to work on time for the huddle is more challenging for them. And it's frustrating a lot of the doctors because, you know, other team members have to pick up the slack or now they're late seeing that first patient and it kind of sets a negative tone for the day. It it does. You know, I, I think another thing that happened before the pandemic was that anytime you walked into a leadership class using the air quotes here, that dentists would roll their eyes and they would go, oh, you know, I just want to be a clinician. I just want to, you know, be working in the mouth. I, I don't want to deal with the HR. I don't want to deal with leadership, all that stuff. Now you have to. Now you have to be a leader in the practice because that team needs somebody to kind of be that guiding light for where are we going? How does this impact me? Where do I fit in? 
And I think if you're not doing that right now in your dental practice, that you are going to get a lot of that. I'm just going to show up late for huddle because there's no repercussions whatsoever. So I, I think that now more than ever, if there's a class on leadership, if there's something that tells you about how to work with your team, I think that that's almost a must for a dentist in today's environment. Yeah, I actually just took a six-week leadership course from Mark Murphy. And Mark mm. Murphy wrote like Hiring for Attitude and The 100 Percenters. And it was a six-week course on the principles and sciences of managing people. And it was amazing. I loved that course. So like, Yes, I will put that in the show notes and anybody should take that course. Well, and I think whenever we realize that we're we're not, you know, we're not a dentist working with a dental assistant or a, somebody at the front office. We are people working with people. Right. And and everybody's going to have their own priorities, everybody's going to have their own likes, dislikes, things that they kind of drag their feet on. Let's be honest, there's things that none of us like to do, but yet it's part of the job sometimes. And and I think as a leader, that's where you have to say you know, we've got this, we're going to work together, you know, and, and I think that that's a really important thing to, to emphasize in today's dental practice. And I think that brings me to the next thing I wanted to chat with you about is we mentioned earlier something about stay interviews yeah. instead of exit interviews, like we do just on the way out, like what do we do? What are we doing as we're keeping these people? You know, one thing, anytime that I talk to a group of dental assistants, and, and I do this to, to my Seattle study clubs as well, is that I will talk to them about the stay interview. And, and what that is, is basically, you know, when an, when an exit interview happens, you've already lost the employee. They're already walking out the door. It doesn't matter. You know, you can get some positive feedback, but that's about it. The stay interview is really something where I encourage my assistants, my dentists, everybody to kind of get together at least once a year, preferably twice, but at least once a year, just to say, how are things going? What are your goals? What are your frustrations? You know, have it be a very open, honest time where you can kind of map out, a, you know, map out a plan for here's where we are, here's where we want to go together, and here's how you play a role in that. Okay, that's the business side. What about your side of things? What are your personal goals? Where do you want to be a year from now? And so many times I will tell you, dental assistants tell me that there are things that, you know, every state is different with their dental assisting requirements. And certainly I encourage everybody to go to dnb.org, click on meet state requirements, look at what you can legally do and not do in your state. You know, and I think that a lot of times dental assistants will do that and they'll see that there's things that they are legally allowed to do in their state that they're still not doing in the practice. And so that's a great opportunity to come up with some kind of business plan where the assistant can gain some new skills, gain some more confidence, enjoy the job a little bit more, kind of switch it up a little bit, as well as, again, that impacts the bottom line of the business. And, and I think that that's something, just having those conversations and making sure that you take off the mask and everybody's talking human to human rather than dentist to assistant about where things are going, that makes an impact. Definitely. That's really, and I love that the state, you know, the annual touch-in, I say the check-ins are really important. And I think sometimes dentists obsess over checking in with their admin more yes. than the clinical because the clinical, they're more comfortable and they feel like, oh, they're interacting with the dental assistant on a daily basis. What is there to check in about? But you said it really well, like, you know, human to human conversations are so crucial. And I feel the dental assistants also need constant empowerment. Because if you're hiring an extend function dental assistant, but you're not allowing them to use their skills or coaching them to do use their skills, they're not going to stay. Because I had a dental assistant actually pull me to the side a couple months ago saying, you know, I'm extended function, but this doctor is not allowing me to do it. Basically, I'm just sucking up spit all day long. Yeah. yeah. And I'm frustrated. 
And I'm like, okay. And it's like, I have this conversation with the doctor and the doctor's like, well, I mean, I can do it by myself, but then why did you hire this advanced dental assistant? She obviously went to all this schooling because she wants it. She's hungry. And now someone else will unfortunately go ahead and you'll lose her. Unfortunately, someone else will take her on and empower her and she will get what she needs and it'll feed her excitement. And then that connections there. So I think that's the piece I feel like that is so important that I think sometimes the, the dentists forget because they feel like, oh, let me check in with the bailing coordinator. Let me check in with the office manager because I'm talking to my dental assistant every day. I'm, I'm, she's fine. But I love that, you know, that the check-ins are so, so important, even with your dental assistant. I think that's the piece we feel like is going great until it's too late. And as you said, we do the, the exit interview where they're already gone. They're gone. They're yeah. gone. You know, one of the things that I, I lecture about uh, is the, the pitfalls in the dentist-assistant relationship. And I usually get dentists and assistants who attend that course. And one of the biggest things that always comes up, and often I let the attendees drive the conversation, what's going on? You know, let's talk about things. One of the biggest complaints that I hear often from the assisting side of things is micromanagement. And they feel like that somebody's right on top of them the whole time that they, you know, that there's only one certain way to do things. And if it's not done that way, like you said, Malika, then they're not going to do it anymore because the dentist can do it. And it'll be fine. And, and I think that's a huge point of frustration. And I know each of us are wired differently. Our personalities are different. We have different little quirks, shall we say. But I think that acknowledging that you're a little bit of a micromanager in the practice. If you're a dentist listening to this, I think that that's a big step toward making sure your employees actually do feel empowered and feel like that they, they can do things without being hovered over. Yeah. Yeah. I do hear that a lot, especially from employees of newer practice owners, the startups or an acquisition where those doctors have not been a leader ever before. And they feel like they have to protect their baby and do everything themselves, which in turn is a little harmful to them. And, and it is a, a different generation that's coming in, not just on the dentist side, but on the dental assistant side as well. And I think that we have to be cognizant of that. Those of us who have, shall we say, a little lighter colored hair, you know, that the, we have to we have to know that the people who are, you know, Carly's age, my daughter's age, you know, these that are coming into the workforce and are going to be this next generation of workers, they want different things. They want to work in different ways. So again, coming back to that conversation about what is it you're looking for? What is it that we can work on together? You know, and I'm not saying you completely abandon how you're doing things already, but certainly I think that you have to be pliable and adapt to things as well. You can't just do things the way that you've always done them and expect things to go well. Yeah, especially when there's not many people out there. And when you have a good one, you need you do need to do everything that you can to keep that person. You do. And and you know, the the thing that I have seen and I've heard from so many practices, and I'm sure you all have as well, is that there's been this trend of the signing bonus, the mm-hmm. you know, the monetary lure to try to draw people in and fill the void. Well, the problem that you and we all probably see is that while you may fill that hole in your your team, you also have a lot of other team members who have been with you for a long time. And all of a sudden they don't feel as appreciated. They wonder why you had to pay this person a thousand dollars to sign on whenever they stuck with you during the pandemic and all the days after and everything else. 
So I think you've also got to weigh that. And again, that goes into that leadership and communication as well. This is why we're having to do it. It doesn't mean this. It does mean this, you know, just a very simple way to kind of make sure that people don't have to be mind readers whenever it comes to what's going on in your practice and where you see it heading for the rest of the year. Yeah. Now, I know you you talk to dental assistants like probably daily. <laughs> sure. and, I, <laughs> and I know you have some insight, like what can we what advice can we give to some of the the dentists out there that like, what are, what are good assistants looking for? Good assistants are looking for somewhere where they feel like they matter, that they belong, that they're respected. They're not just a dental assistant. You know, that just word is, is one that rings very loudly in a lot of ears. So I think if you're looking to hire somebody or you're looking to keep somebody, you absolutely need to make sure that they understand they matter and here's how. You know, again, go back to that whole, this is our map. This is how you play a role. What do you want to do coming into next year? What kind of skills do we need to help you acquire in order to reach those goals? And I know a lot of dentists are nervous about having that conversation because, well, they're just going to leave me then. I don't think that's always the case. I think if a dental assistant knows that you are investing in him or her, and that investment is something that you are hoping you know, through communication will lead down a path toward greater things for everybody involved, the bottom line of the practice, the dentist, the assistant, everybody, then I don't think it's something where they just go, well, I'm out of here. When Once they learn that, they know that they fit in. They know that you have trust in them. And that's the kind of workplace I think that everybody wants to have, whether you're a dental assistant or, or whatever you do for a living. Yeah, I think that's good. That's good. Because I remember when I was a dental assistant, the owner of the practice, like he made everybody feel like they were just as important as he was in that practice. He let us do our jobs. And, you know, if we messed up, we heard about it, but he let us, he didn't micromanage it. He didn't hover over us. He let us do it. He let us make mistakes and learn from the mistakes. And I think that's part of it as well is that, that, you know, these younger assistants that are coming in, I, I will tell you, I talk to dental assisting schools all the time. And the amount of pressure that is on these young dental assistants to come into the industry, the number of job offers they get is absolutely insane. And so for them to pick which practice they're going to go to, a lot of that boils down to a comfort level. And it also boils down to not just, I'm going to give you X amount if you come work for me, but if you come work for me, I, I promise you, we are going to work together for a career path for you. You know, one of the biggest misnomers out there is that all assistants want to do is jump into hygiene. You know, there are a lot of assistants out there that want to be career assistants. They love that part of the job. They don't want to do the same thing every day. They love the the different uh, things that happen during the day. So if you can, as a dentist, can talk to the assistant and map out that road together, it absolutely makes a world of difference because again, you're already planting that seed that this isn't just a short-term relationship. This is something that you want to extend as long as you both possibly can too. Yeah, that's right on, right on. And from what I'm seeing, you know, I just think the doctors don't fully understand the impact that it, that a good dental assistant can have on that practice. And they're scared to invest in them a little bit. 
And and one of the big things that I see is that, you know, like we mentioned earlier, every state is different with what dental assistants can and can't do. There are some states that are very restrictive as far as what their dental assistants can do. A state like Washington, a state like Minnesota, there's a lot of states out there where the dental assistant can truly make that impact on the bottom line. So if you're a dentist listening to this, I highly encourage you, like I said, go to dmb.org, click on that meet state requirements, talk to your your state dental board about what dental assistants are legally allowed to do and figure out how to maximize the usage of that assistant that you have in the practice. You're already paying him or her. Why not make sure that that ROI is the best that it can possibly be, as well as talking to that assistant saying, hey, you know, we're going to get you up on whitening. We're going to get you up on temporization, whatever it might be, to make sure that they know you're investing in them because you believe in them. And I think that that goes so far in today's world. Yeah. And I've worked with a lot of offices lately. And Malika, I don't know if you do this with your teams, but like on a quarterly basis, we have a big meeting and we don't just go over the practice goals. We go over the individual goals too. And it's written on a whiteboard and everybody knows what it is so that we can help them. And it might not be sending somebody to a course. It might be like, hey, Susie's really good at this. I'm going to set some time aside so she can help you learn to be better at this. So it's, you know, it's the way to work within the team to help each other. Yeah. And then, and I, as you said it really well, because I just did one of these to wrap up Q1 and one of the downstairs was just saying, I just want to do better impressions. And the doctor was like, okay, we can block out two hours when you're slow. And it was just about the communication of the, the doctor and the assistant realizing, okay, all she, you know, she wants is to do better impressions in her practice. And he's just like, oh my God, I had no idea. I'm happy to show you. So it was a team effort to get them all together to make this happen. And end of it, I was leaving and she walked out with me. And she said, thanks for doing this activity because I thought my doctor would never want me to do them. And I said, that's not true. You've got to speak up. But I feel like, again, the doctors don't have that communication sometimes in the back because they're so busy just seeing patients. And the system sometimes is too afraid to ask. Yeah. And then they eventually, I mean, you have a friend in another office that says, my boss is amazing. You should come work here because X, Y, and Z. And then by the time you figure out what your system needs, it's too late and they're gone. And, and Malika, that's such a great point because not everybody's going to speak up about what they want to do. Yeah, there, there are a lot of us that that will wait, you know, and, I, and I'm this way as well, honestly. A lot of times I will wait until somebody says, what do you think before I'll give my two cents? And I think the dentist, part of that leadership is making sure that you're asking people, what do you want? What do you think? Where do you think we should go? You know, really trying to kickstart that conversation. I think that that's a really important skill to have today. Absolutely. Well, I think we have some like really great tips. For I, know, I learned so dentists. much today. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun just kind of bouncing things off. And, and anytime I talk to Kevin or I talk about dental assistance, it really brings me back to like my roots. And that's how I started. So it's, there, it's kind of special. There's a lot of people in the industry. The more I talk to you, the more, oh, I started as assistant. You know, they have experience as assistant. And, and absolutely, I think it's a great springboard to other careers. Absolutely, I do. You know, uh, some, some uh, Linda Miles, there's so many great consultants out there who have been assistants before and kind of get some of the struggles, you know, that they're going through. And I think that that's an important thing as well. 
but it, but certainly, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to help in any way that I can. I mean, assistants have been my passion for, you know, more than 20 years in this industry. So I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Well, I know like our audience is geared towards dentists, but we get dental assistants, hygienists, we get everybody listening. So if there's a dental assistant or even a dentist that like has some questions and would like to reach out to you, how would they get in touch? Real easy. You can go to uh, kevin.henry at igniteda.net. That is my email address. Certainly, I encourage you. I, I have a podcast. Uh, Michelle, you were just on it with me the other day, uh, the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. We do it weekly, strictly for dental assistants. So if you're looking for um, empowerment, ideas, whatever it might be, absolutely, please check that out as well. Uh, but I'm happy to help in any way that I can. So yes, please do reach out to me. I'm not too hard to find if you search me out on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and he also has this really great book. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a little plug on that. Oh, too. nice. See, you, you're doing, I, I need to throw you a nickel or something. You're doing <laughs> Battling oh. the demons of dental assisting. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's a course that I do. Uh, it's something that I, I've heard these demons of dental assisting for years. Uh, it's a course that I do all over the world. I'm blessed to do it. Uh, but yes, the book is available on Amazon as well. And it's just a little reminder for all assistants out there that this is kind of, you're not alone. Everybody goes through the same crud. And so it, it's a good way just to feel like that, that there's a group around you that's supporting you as you go through this journey. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. Thank you yeah, both thank for having you. me on. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Accelerating Your Dental Practice. To connect with Malika and Michelle, visit ZarDentalConsulting.com and AffinityManagement.co and learn how they can help you accelerate your practice even further.